0: Don't call it a comeback. I'll have hair for years.
1: Wake up in the morning feeling like P.
0: Diddy. Grab my
1: glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city
2: before
0: I leave. Brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking live from the
3: Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. If someone
0: daily wrote or tweeted about me and this show, I would read everything about it.
3: This is the press box. We feel Fox? disrespected, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Depends All on you. depends on you. Right.
3: With Grady and Bischoff. Hold on, Jared's disappointed in you.
0: Welcome to the
1: press box, where contracts don't exist and we don't get incentives. It's Ed, Tyler, and Jared here on a Wednesday. But before we get to Kevin Kruger's contract, we'll start off with some Raiders.
3: The first bite.
2: Will John Gruden be on the hot seat after 2021?
1: No. Come on. Oh, I read okay. Peter King. I read I read Peter King, <laughs> but uh, no. No, he will not be. There's no chance, no matter what happens next year, that the 10-year contract guy, Tyler, is on any kind of hot seat.
2: Should we just I'm, move on to Kevin Kruger's I'm, contract? Yeah, exactly. Just, yes.
0: Can we go to the incentives? <laughs> I'm just excited that somebody else in the media... Is actually saying John Gruden should be on the hot seat because that's that's what I kept yelling about at the end of the season was the Raiders went three years with no playoffs, back to back years where they collapsed down the stretch, and it was like, yeah, that's fine, John Gruden's the coach forever. Like there was nobody yeah. even questioning if John Gruden should still be the coach when coaches don't go three years without making the playoffs and stick around in the NFL. Jason Garrett's like one of the few that has done that. Um, but here's what Peter King wrote. With seven years left on Gruden's deal, I can't imagine owner Mark Davis thinking of pulling the plug yet, but another disappointing year and Davis has got to start thinking about it. So even Peter King is saying he doesn't think John Gruden would get fired after 2021, just that Mark Davis would have to start thinking about it. But man, I know the 10-year contract is out there. But if they, if they have a fourth season, if they don't make the playoffs, if they finish with whatever, seven wins or something like that without going to the playoffs for four straight years, like, that's that's not something like any coach survives in the NFL.
1: I think he'd survive it.
0: Um, and,
1: you know, should, should or will obviously two completely different things. Um, so I'll just go with the will because I, I just don't think there's any chance. I don't think Davis will do that. Every time I've ever talked to him, uh, the kind of just insistent faith in Gruden and, and Mac is beyond like what most owners probably have in, you know, owners or, and coaches and GMs. Sorry. So I it should, there's an argument there. If they go, you know, four straight years out of playoffs, yeah, there's a definite argument there. Will, no chance. I I, I don't know how long he'll go with them, but when he went 10 years, he's not going to fire him after four. Now, I don't know. I mean, which they won't, you know, 0 16 1-15, some kind of disaster, which they're not going to do because, you know, they're good enough to, again, be in the seven and eight range. And I just think, uh, you know, Gruden building a team, all the stuff we hear from Gruden in in zooms kind of puts in perspective of why I don't think Davis will fire him uh, because I think he's just bought into Gruden's plan, whatever that is on an annual basis. Sometimes it changes, but I I just don't think he'll move on from, I don't think there's any chance anyway. He's even near a hot seat
0: after this year. Can I, can I take you down the hypothetical road of, of how many years would it take? Like if well, I'd go, be disappointed.
1: I'd be disappointed if you didn't.
0: So, like, if they go five, six, seven, like, how many years of them not making okay. the playoffs would it? Would it? Would it Mark Davis actually oh. say, "Oh, maybe I need to make a move here"? Hypothetically, six straight. Six straight, man. Well, do you know what the other what? thing about this
1: entire? You know what the other thing about this entire thing is that we're talking that we really don't know. None of us, and because we haven't seen it, and we've talked about this on this show often. Yeah. It's ten years, but I don't know what that means, and no one knows what that means. Ten years, hundred million. They kept saying that. Okay, what if it's ten? Six is guaranteed. What if it's? 10? I don't know that. Like they, it's not like you know UNLV. We had Kevin. You and I had Kevin Kruger's contract in six seconds. It's a state school. They knew we'd ask for it. We got it. It's not. That's like they usually they'll just put that in the press conference. This is completely different. They don't really have to tell us anything. So you know, I think you'd agree. Yeah. Look, Tyler, if you're telling me only five years guaranteed, yeah, maybe after four years he is, but. I'm going with the assumption that Gruden didn't come back for just five years guaranteed. So, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to know the details of the contract before you have some before we have some kind of like definitive opinion on when he would be on the hot seat.
0: Yeah, and that that is obviously what would make or break any sort of firing John Gruden decision. Sure. Because I, I I think I agree with you. If it's if it's fully guaranteed, I don't think Mark Davis is doing anything until no. you're after year six at the earliest like i don't think he's eaten four or five years of that contract 40 million no way yeah so (laughs) if if it's fully guaranteed it gruden's getting six years minimum and maybe more than that um it but if there's an out after year five if it's like most of these player contracts where half of it's guaranteed then maybe it happens a little bit earlier so you, you mentioned the sort of uh, faith in John Gruden and Mike Mayock that Mark Davis has, and I, I'd be curious to hear Mark Davis's answer on this too. But do you believe the Raiders are a better team now than when John Gruden took over? Did Jack Del Rio went one year after the playoffs, right? Yep, made the playoffs. Next year went six and ten, and they fired him.
1: Then I don't. Then I don't think you can say they're a better team right now. I mean, he made the playoffs, and they were down the next year. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm not going to pretend to remember injuries or all that went into 6 and 10. I'll be really interested to see what Paul Gutierrez says at 730. He might disagree, might say they're better. I'll tell you what, if they're better, they're not that much better. I mean, you know, that that team was pretty good that went to the playoffs, and, you know, uh, it lost Carr, which stung for them, because, you know, maybe they win that game in Houston. I don't know. Obviously, they have a much better chance than with Connor Cook, and maybe they win a playoff game. Who knows? I mean, they they were a good team. So to think that they fell down that much the next year that now they're that much better like I I don't know how you, I don't know how you could say that
0: yeah I mean if you take just wins they were six and ten the year before Gruden got here they won eight last year obviously that's yeah. improved um, right. but like if, if you look at uh, DBOA by Football Outsiders Jack Del Rio's last season they were twentieth in DBOA. last year under Gruden they were nineteenth so okay. it's kind of it's the basically same. the same slightly better than when Jack Del Rio got fired. And, and I think like the idea of how Mark Davis views John Gruden is what's interesting here, because if we went back in time to when Jack Del Rio was fired and when they announced John Gruden as the next head coach, would anyone sitting there have been happy if you told them, hey, after three years, your team's going to be as good as the guy you just fired?
1: No. No, I think... I mean, one of the... I mean, it's sad for him, although, you know, the, you know can't get too sad with what these guys make, but one of the... Weirdest situations was after that. I think we're in Denver, right? The last game of Jack Del Rio's career is maybe been maybe it's LA. I don't know where it was, Carson or somewhere. But anyway, we're sitting in the room, and uh, I've never had this happen. Jack Del Rio comes in, and they said, "Coach, would like to make an opening statement." Well, I just got fired. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Mark Davis just informed me I will not be back as coach. So I'm like, so I shouldn't follow up with what happened in the second quarter on that one play. But it's very strange. So yeah, but right then, immediately around the room. Whispers, it's gonna be Gruden. It's gonna be Gruden. He's hiring Gruden. And and he did. And he gave me a 10-year deal. I'm like, here's the other thing about Gruden. I'm in TV, I'm I'm John Gruden. It's a great life. I'm doing the quarterback thing. That's what people say when they go to that life. What a great life. I don't have to be up 24 hours a day, you know, and they pay me great money. I if I'm John Gruden and I knew how Mark Davis felt to me about me, he got what he probably wanted in everything. So yeah, I mean I I think it's I'd love to know the guarantee or the outs, but when you hear him talk about these guys, I've asked him often about them. He is all in on these guys, man. Now I don't know as much as if he's all in on Mayock because obviously Gruden made that move to move on from Reggie, Reggie McKenzie and hire uh, Mayock. That was Gruden because he's in charge of football operations. Let me ask you this: like, you know, they don't make the playoffs the next year. Is all of a sudden, hey, Mike Mayock, sorry, you're the fall guy. I mean, yes. I, it's not going to be Gruden.
0: Yes, I. Uh, if the Raiders don't make the like we saw last year. The Raiders did not make the playoffs, and they actually did it before the season was over, but they got rid of Paul Gunther, right? That was the first change. The next two shields, we can call them, between John Gruden are Mike Mayock and Derek Carr. And if they don't make the playoffs next year, one, if not both of those guys are gone. Like, there's no doubt about it. If the Raiders don't make the playoffs, one, if not both of Mayock and Carr are going to be gone, because it would be, I mean, it would be extremely foolish if you were the Raiders to miss the playoffs four straight years and not make any significant changes. Right. And that's, and if you bring back Mayock and Carr, that's essentially what you're doing. So yeah, I absolutely feel like Paul Gunther was number one. There's two more shields between uh, John Gruden if they continue to miss playoffs. Now, if they win nine games and that's enough next season, and even if they lose in the first round of the playoffs, That's going to be considered a a terrific success because it'll be the second time in like two decades the Raiders go to the playoffs and everything will be fine. And then we'll be talking about, does Derek Carr get an extension that offseason? That'll be the conversation. But if they miss it, and again, with where the Raiders are at, because they're sort of in the middle of the NFL, they're not really a bad team, not really a good team. It's like we're talking about the difference in one game this season. We're talking about the difference in, in a very small margin between this team missing and making the playoffs next year. And that might be the difference between Carr getting extension and Carr getting released or cut or something like that, or Mike Mayock sticking around or Mike Mayock being gone.
1: You know what could be really, not, I think bad's a wrong word because it doesn't really matter to us either way, but I'm just thinking ahead in terms of the team. If they don't make the playoffs again, right, and you say, look, you got to move on from the quarterback. I mean, at some point, point, it's not all his fault, but at some point, that'd be eight straight years. One playoff appearance, it's not his fault he got hurt, but really one in eight years. And then what do you get? Do you get, well, we're gonna draft someone and rebuild again? I mean, it could be like this, you know, getting this kind of wash of this circular thing where like it just it stays the same all the time. Unless they would trade for a veteran. I don't know what they would do, but you can just see down the line, they gotta they gotta really make a playoff push this year for a lot of the reasons you just talked about. Instead of, you know, because who knows in the offseason of another playoff about how, oh, we gotta blow it up, we gotta rebuild. Okay, then how long will it take after that?
0: Yeah, and to be honest with you, if, if your goal is to win the Super Bowl, the Raiders probably should have blown it up this offseason. Because yeah. like, we're talking about the goal here is for them to sneak out nine wins and get into the playoffs and get eliminated in the first round, right? Like that's, that's what we're talking about the goal is, and, and your goal should be to win the Super Bowl. So if you're trying to win the Super Bowl, you should probably go into another rebuild. Well, you should probably admit, I mean- well... We had five first-round picks, and we kind of missed on a lot of them, so this isn't going to work out very well for us in the next few years. We need to blow it up and try again, and that would be a unbelievably hard thing to sell to the fan base. It might even be a hard thing to sell to Mark Davis, but if John Gruden does, in fact, have seven more years of $70 million guaranteed, now, he can probably now, do that. Now, hold on. Blow it up before they
1: blow it up. I think they have to sign one safety or a corner in the offseason. <laughs> no, not a lot. There's allowed. a big, there's a big jump before why? blowing it up, and they they've yet to hire, they've yet to sign anyone who can hurt, help them in, in a position of need.
2: And <laughs> I mean, <laughs> why why would they do that?
1: I don't. Well, obviously they don't because we're well into free agency, and there is centers. There are, uh, you know, there are a lot of defensive linemen, a lot of guys showing up in the trenches but uh not yet on the uh, on the secondary. I, and why would you? Given how uh, how they play I years?
2: legitimately cannot wait for Graney's grades of the free agency <laughs> class of the Raiders. <laughs> because I'm going to be like, okay, Ed, I can't only hit minus every like couple seconds cuz the computer needs some time uh, to load.
1: <laughs> uh, when's that in? When
0: minus, do minus, we, we, minus, we get to minus. that? <laughs> You you know why they're not going to sign a free uh, anybody in the secondary? It's because like Leonard Fournette and James Conner are still free agents. They still oh, got they still no. got running backs. Yeah, they, they want still to throw a million dollars at.
2: They need a running back that they're going to sign to play like freaking free safety. Yeah. Joker two.
1: Joker two. Joker two. <laughs> <laughs> got to have a couple. Of, oh well, my if you are have God. a couple fullbacks, you
0: better have a couple jokers.
2: Yeah, we call that play Joker two, Fighter,
0: Banana. <laughs> Well, Kenyon Drake, we 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 were worried he might get hurt, so we signed Leonard Fournette to be the second yes, the Joker second on Joker. this team. Yes. Uh, and we gave uh, him $10 million guaranteed. We gave all that money we saved on Mariota. The, to, uh, the greatest
1: to, – yeah, to, to, to Leonard Fournette, the greatest thing, only better than that would be Leonard Fournette's introductory press conference. Well, John says I'm going to be the Joker too. I'm excited about it. <laughs> I've never been the Joker too.
2: <laughs> I How – how like they had to have asked Mariota? Are you willing to catch passes? And he'd be like, no. And they're like, no, all right, well then be... we we need you to take a pay cut.
0: No, I think what happened here is they they asked Mariota to play free safety. He's <laughs> he's the new starting free safety for the team. Oh, he didn't oh, be, that's big, good. Enough. That's good be big enough. That's good value. Yeah, he's big enough. He can do that. He me? just doesn't, see he doesn't know it yet, but he's the number no, he free safety of the team. Just, well, you're, out
1: there in, you're out there in Hawaii. They don't tell you much. It's like, yeah, 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 don't worry. Have a good time. We'll see you when you get back here. And all, the, all the while, Gus Bradley's penciling them in at safety.
0: No, no, Gus Bradley hasn't penciled him. Gus Bradley emerges huh. from the lab saying, we <laughs> yeah. need a free safety. And John Gruden says, we got you one. It's Marcus Mariona. It only Bradley costs us looks, $3 million. First round pick, man. <laughs> Bradley looks around like, what? What? What are we doing here? You signed how many defensive linemen? You know we can only play four, right? All right. Coming up next, uh, we do have more details on Kevin Kruger's contract, what his buyout means for how long his tenure will be at UNLV, and uh, are his incentives good enough, or does he deserve more? You know, the the addition of of professional teams, uh, Allegiant Stadium being built, the Golden Knights doing what they're doing, uh, the amount of, of people that are moving here, bringing their families has, has raised the level of competition in the city pretty quickly. Um, so we will absolutely make it a focus to, to show the, not just the players, but again the community that this is their team. Hopefully by the way we do things and the way we go about our life and the way we coach and play, uh, the young people of Las Vegas will want to grow up and be Rebels.
3: Um, I think that that's, that will be vital going forward. You're sitting in the press box with Granny and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Granny and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Kevin
0: Kruger, the new head coach of UNLV basketball. Uh, We have his contract details. We got into the uh, main part of it, that it's five years, $3.85 million, which works out to somewhere between... $750,000 $750,000 and $800,000 a year. But some of the more interesting details are his buyout or his incentives. So I want to look at his buyout here because I'm curious if, if either of you think Kevin Krueger's buyout uh, keeps him at UNLV long-term or keeps him from being fired long-term uh, because his buyout, the way it's structured, it's the same either way. If he leaves or if he gets fired, Either UNLV owes Kruger this much, or Kruger owes UNLV this much. It's the same amount, uh, but it starts at three point eight five million. So, like, if they for some reason fired Kevin Kruger right now, or if some job came open and offered Kevin Kruger the job right now, he they would owe three point eight five million dollars to the other party. It goes check in down... check in
1: please check in please at Bobby Hurley at Arizona State immediately. <laughs> it
0: I mean, goes uh... down uh, every year. Uh, after year three, it's $2.35 After year four, it's $1.5 And then if he gets fired at any point during his last season, it's $800,000. So yeah. when you see those numbers on the buyout, what do you think?
1: Well, obviously more towards the UNLV side because if he's good enough to like get a Power 5 job, that's like $0.10 cents to them. So I don't think that that's ever going to be an issue. I mean, you know, that's ever going to be an issue on the other side of things. And you imagine if he leaves here, he's leaving for a better job. If you know, if he does well enough. so that means nothing. It's more, I think, the UNLV side. Um, even though they got money back in the Oselberger deal, they've had some money, you know, influxed into the uh, basketball program lately. I, I don't look. I look. I would hope he's going to be around three, four years at, at, at the least. And at that point, that's not much. What Dave Rice, I think, was over the course of a few years, they paid him a million um You know, it was, in, it was over the course of a few years. I think it was the remaining contract. It's always like the remaining, whatever is remaining on the deal or whatever. So he gets to a third or fourth year, and you're in the eight hundred thousand range. That's not crazy, even for a Mountain West school. I think that works out well for them. And you know, like you said, Doug, unless they fire him today and it's three point eight five million, then it's not, it's not good. But eh, if you're in like the eight hundred thousand range for four or five years, I, I think that's fine. I mean, that, that's not. You could do that and then go, still go higher, like. Whatever, whoever you want to hire for whatever the Mount left salary is at that point.
0: Well, it won't be 800000 until his fifth year starts. Okay. Well, like the fourth year would be, so, maybe uh, it would so be over a million. After, yeah. After year four, it'd be $1.5 that they would owe him. Um, so to me, mm. like I, when, when you look at his buyout, the first thing that you think is that he's going to get at least three seasons and probably at least four seasons because UNLV is not going to pay him. Because if they fired him after year three, it's 2.3. And I doubt UNLV is paying Kevin Kruger $2.3 million to not be the coach here. So you look at that and you say, okay, he's getting at least three and probably at least four. But there is an important clause in the contract where if Kevin Kruger gets another job, Whatever he's getting paid at that job offsets what his buyout is.
1: Right. Okay. So, so.
0: If, if Kevin Kruger if they fired Kevin Kruger and Kevin Kruger you know, became an assistant at whatever school, whatever his new salary would help offset some of the buyout that UNLV would owe yeah. him. So that buyout would be decreased significantly. And because Kevin Kruger right now is 37 years old, and in this scenario, he'd be 40 or 41 after getting fired, it's a pretty safe assumption that Kevin Kruger is going to keep coaching or want to keep coaching. And I assume he'd actually be able to find a job somewhere as an assistant. So the buyout on UNLV's end is actually not that bad. And it's, and it's to a no. point where UNLV could probably afford to fire Kevin Kruger after a third year, if they wanted to, because Kevin Kruger more than likely will find another job and, and that will mitigate how much UNLV owes him. So I think if you look at this buyout, I don't think it does much either way because, like no. you said, if Kruger has two or three great seasons and a big job wants him, they're not going to—they're not even going to second guess two point no. three million dollars. That's no. not even like it's not even Iowa State didn't yeah. care about three point three million for a coach that yeah. didn't do anything at UNLV. Right. So if Kruger has success, a, a bigger school is not even going to scoff at that. And on the other end, I don't think UNLV is going to be too worried about it because Kruger is probably going to get another job. Because he is young. It's not going to be a Thad Mata situation where Thad Mata gets fired and the only way Thad Mata gets his buyout is if he looks like he's looking for work every offseason, even though he's never actually taking a job because Thad Mata's is basically retired. Well, now he's so, failing yeah. physicals
1: at Indiana. So
0: right, uh, so he's got,
1: he's got more issues, you know, and uh, he's got more issues than that.
0: So I I don't think this buyout really does a lot to keep Kevin Kruger at UNLV on either end. I think if he's awesome and somebody wants him, they'll take him. If he's awful and UNLV wants to move on, they absolutely can.
1: Listen, I just got a text from loyal listener Jim, uh, a longtime friend. Why are you already talking about three years? Hey, Jimmy, have you been around the program? <laughs> have you seen what's happened? If he Come makes on, it Jim.
2: two weeks, I anybody. will be happy.
1: <laughs> I mean, can we get him into the portal and see what happens? I mean, gee. No, no. I mean, everyone obviously thinks he's going to be here long than that, but you have to go over the contract details. That's what we do. We report what the contract is, and the buyout in any contract in, in college sports is a very – like Tyler said, it's very important. I agree with you, Tyler. I don't think it matters either way, but you have to say what it is. I mean, Iona reportedly has a $10 million buyout with Patino. I know Patino's probably the best, but that's a lot of money for someone to pay. Yeah. So these buyouts mean something.
0: Yeah, and that, that's one of the big reasons why Patino might not end up coaching anywhere yeah. but Iona. $10 million. He, says he, does, he says he doesn't want to go anywhere, but if you legitimately have to pay Iona $10 million <laughs> to get Rick Patino, like it, we, we talk about bigger schools having money. I think there's a lot of power uh, conference schools that would say, eh, I don't think yeah. we can afford $10 million on the buyout <laughs> I mean, just to then pay him his salary. No,
1: we, we don't want to double Iona's entire budget overnight <laughs> by giving $10 million. I want to get re- – I know Paul's coming up real quick, though. The bonuses, which bonus stands out to you much? Because I'll tell you what, um, tw- I, we didn't put them all in here. Someone, I think the national championship gets this kid 100 or $50 or 100 if you win the national title, give that kid a half a mil or something.
0: Yeah, Have they, have they been around the program? $100,000 on. if he wins the national title. Uh, so he's, he's underpaid. Here's the thing. Uh, the bonus is here. He only makes 25000 as a bonus if they make the NCAA tournament. I'm not too worried about Those are low. But I'm not too worried about it because if they make the NCAA tournament, and good Lord, if they win the national title, uh, Kevin Kruger's getting an extension in a race. Yeah. So – he's going to get paid more if they make the NCAA tournament well, and if they were to win the national title. He's getting paid more. It's yeah. just going to come in the form of an the extension. The and, one that stuck and by the way, me, which one? The one that stuck out to me was making the NIT. He only gets uh, $15,000. And if you look at UNLV basketball, the last eight years, making the NIT would be the best season they've had in eight years, and yes. he's only going to get 15000 bucks. And he might not get the extension and raise if he makes the NIT. That's the one that jumped out to me because, hey, if I'm Kruger and I make the NIT, I'm looking around saying, listen, nobody else has done this in eight years.
1: (laughs) That Oslerberger guy never did. I'll tell you, the the, the national championship, I laughed at because if you get to the national championship and you win it, this just in, if you're not making back at least $100,000, get to your marketing (laughs) department and see what's (laughs) happening over there. You usually make a
0: lot of money back when you win the national championship. Right. But they're going to have to save that up to offer him a <laughs> yeah. lifetime contract. A 10-year Gruden,
1: st- Gruden contract. Yeah.
0: Paying him $10 million a year because if he wins the national title, my God, somebody else is oh. coming to offer him the Gruden yes. contract before UNLV. All right. Coming up next, uh, we will talk to Paul Gutierrez, a little bit about Kevin Kruger and the Raiders.
3: It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 a.m. and 100.9 FM.
0: Joining us now is Paul Gutierrez. Follow well, him on Twitter at P Gutierrez ESPN. Good morning, Paul. How are you hey, today? Paulie.
3: Guys, how's it going? How's it going?
0: It is good. Um, can you tell us when the Raiders are going to sign somebody to play in the secondary?
3: <laughs> yeah, Marcus Mariota is going to play free safety. You guys <laughs> yes. to pick up on that. He's taking a pay cut. He's going to play free safety, and uh, all's going to be well. <laughs> uh, we said that uh,
1: off the top. They need a free safety and a joker, too. And then everything's going to be fine if they get a Joker two and a free safety with Mariota. I think they're going to the playoffs, Paul.
3: Yeah, well, you know, I know I'm trying to make too many jokes here, but who's going to play Joker two? I know it can't be Heath Ledger. It can't, you know, it it can't be uh, uh, the other guy, Jared Leto. No, I, yeah, it's interesting because, (laughs) yeah, they they've got so many needs on the defensive side and it seems like they have just really in the early stages of free agency anyway just addressed address the offense which again didn't seem like it needed much tinkering if, if any at all so um the, the thing to keep in mind though guys is, is the longer this goes on the the lower certain guys prices go down in free agency so if, if they're really targeting a richard sherman who i think would be a phenomenal signing for that that uh that secondary as a veteran leader back there and to try to teach these guys, not only how to play in Gus Bradley's uh, defense, but also how to be a pro and, and take care of your body. And, you know, in the, in the, the event of a Jonathan Abram, not go for the kill shot every time. So you're not knocking yourself out, let alone your own teammates with, with, you know, back of a better term, friendly fire. So that is a guy that in my opinion, they should be looking at, especially after the first tier safeties are already off the board and, um, you know, Sherman, I think, could go, go back there. I don't know if he has enough speed to convert to free safety, like, like Charles Woodson did going from corner to safety, but uh, he's definitely an eye to keep on. Uh, definitely a guy to keep an eye on for the Raiders.
0: So before they actually do sign somebody in the secondary, which we assume will happen, but we'll see if there's a tight end they want to, um, <laughs> would you say Would you say right now they're better than when the roster – the roster's better now than when the season ended?
3: I, you know, the Incrementally, I guess you could say that because you know Kenyon Drake is an upgrade uh, over their their backup running back a year ago, uh, Devontae Booker. Um, you know, the, but but you don't know what's what's going on with the offensive line. I mean, they they've rebuilt that. So I've had people say that yeah, they're, they're making these steps going, you know, becoming better. than others just say no, they're just reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. And I'm not going to say that's how bad it's been, but but they really haven't made those splashes. And yet, Ngakwe is a huge upgrade uh as far as edge rusher and, and contributing and making things happen so yeah I, I think uh you know to to you to quote or, or misquote mike mayock the jury is still out uh
1: we heard from uh we heard, heard live from hawaii yesterday that marcus Marriott is back um he i, I found something on twitter today i want to ask you about because someone a raider fan uh, as usual made the charge that they didn't, do him, uh, they didn't do him any favors here uh, in terms of waiting and waiting, and then you know other guys sign elsewhere, and then he probably probably had to take the cut to stay. Do you think there's any truth to that? I mean, play out Mariota for us and how it got to the point where he had said, okay, I'll take the three, three plus and I'll come back to you.
3: Yeah, you know, it's interesting is because uh, to look at it from that perspective, like they didn't do Marcus Mariota right, I think it actually goes back to last year because I'm still stunned. When I sit back and think about it, that he did not get that start uh, against the Dolphins because when he came in and, and you know with no first-team reps and, and jump-started that offense against the Chargers when when Derek Carr went down and and to Derek's credit he got himself healthy enough to get out there but he was nowhere near 100%. I don't right. believe that he gave the Raiders the best chance to win that week. Um, and and if you play Marcus that last game if if he plays well again well then you got a great trade chip for either quarterback going into this offseason, Right. So then it becomes this offseason kind of this staring contest of who's going to blink first. And, and whether they did right by Marcus or not, I mean, it's really not the Raiders as an organization. It's not their prerogative uh, to, to do right by their player, by a backup player anyway, because they got what they needed. They, they got a guy who was a capable backup who showed that what he can do in limited reps during the week, during the season. Um, and it, you know the the market dried up. I had some people, some friends asking me yesterday, why would he take a seven million dollar pay cut? Well, if, it was either take that seven million pay cut or or nothing, because there was, right. the market had simply dried up out there. So again, depends upon the perspective you're looking at it from. But to me, to not play Mariota in that game against Miami at the at the end of the year was was uh, was kind of head scratching, because Derek was not 100%. He did not give them the best chance to win. Was it his fault they didn't win? No, the defense collapsed, but with Derek out there in that one game, the Raiders left so many points on the board. Do you
0: think John Gruden will use Marcus Mariota at all this year in some sort of special package?
3: It, it would it would behoove him to. I mean, you saw again what you what you got out of him. Uh this is a different situation though than, than like what the Saints do with Taysom Hill because you know, he he had a totally different skill set than than a forty year old Drew Brees, right? Um, Derek Carr is still in his prime. He's not even 30 years old yet. He'll be 30 next week. So he should, you would think, and at least have the threat of it so that other defensive coordinators have to at least plan for it during the week. Um, if nothing else, it gives them a, a solid uh, backup. And, and then going forward, it makes, it makes you wonder again, okay, well, now that you've got Mariota in the building for a second year, now that he's healthy, unlike the beginning of last year, well, now let's start the whole speculation about Carr's future again, oh, right? Yes, because yes. because now, now you don't need to give him the extension now. And you just uh, let him play out this year, and then he's got the final year next year, contract year, and then we get to play this whole game all over again next year.
0: Thank you they, for that, Paul. We oh, haven't wow, dove that, that, into making it a controversy yet, but I appreciate it. Yes,
1: I mean, th- thanks a lot, Paul. We just got our shows for the next two weeks. Listen, um... You are a UNLV alum. We, taught, we were texting back and forth last night. We absolutely have to go all over this with you because you have a lot of opinions <laughs> on this. Um, it, let's just start. I'll give you two words and you respond. Kevin
3: Krueger. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I don't know how to feel. I mean, because on one half of me, as an alum, I mean, I'm taking off my, my uh, objective journalist hat here, right? Just being an alum. And, and, and I, I do like the fact that it, quote unquote, stays in the family. And this is a guy who, who gave uh, UNLV a huge Huge lift on a fluke of a chance, really, with that 50-year senior rule, that loophole he found a couple years ago to come in and play for his dad. And and really from UNLV basketball, it's the highlight of the past 30 years, going to the Sweet 16. On the flip side of that, um, this prodigal son returning kind of narrative kind of irks me a little bit because you got somebody else out there that really did a lot more as an Olympian, as a UNLV Hall of Famer, as a national champion, as an All-American, as a three-time NCAA Defensive Player of the Year, as a guy that's been coaching for years, over a decade now, Stacy Augman, who can't even get a sniff. So right. th- there seems to be some level of disrespect that there's, you know, and I realize that Las Vegas, the population, the administration at UNLV has turned over so much that there is uh, a, a way to kind of forget about the past. Mm-hmm. But to look at UNLV history and think, "Whoa, UNLV basketball began with a Sweet 16 run under Kevin Kruger, and he bleeds Rebel Red for the one season he was there." It's kind of tough to take. And yet, at the same point, I don't want to rain on Kevin Kruger's parade either because he's the guy. You know, he, he's the guy, and maybe he will be Tark 2.0, and or you know, and, and yet it, there's so many expectations here, and it's just I don't know the the disrespect that is continued to show for the old guys, be it Stacy Ogman, Reggie Theus. Uh, the 87 Final Four team, the the Hardaway 8 from 77, it, it's hard to take. And as I talked to a longtime friend of mine who I went to school with, a fraternity brother actually, he, he reminded me that, hey, man, it's been 30 years, and the people that were funding and running the program back in the day, they're dead. So And, and, and their kids did not go to UNLV, so there's not this loyalty built into the city and the community to remind people uh, of what UNLV basketball came from, what it meant, and where it is now.
1: So should so, I make you really excited that Kevin Kruger gets fifteen thousand dollars to meet the NIT? <laughs> hey,
3: from, from where they've gone the past eight years, that, that's, that's I guess we right. could deserve that. What well, blows yes. my mind is, is the numbers, and I know you got to you got to throw inflation into it, but the fact that he's making what seven ninety and Tark only made three hundred thousand a year. Uh, I, I, I did the the Google, and and it's still <laughs> even with inflation, Tark was only making five ninety two in today's dollars. But it just reminds really? me of one of my my classes at UNLE with Doctor Brad Rothermill. Uh, principles yeah. of coaching. First day of campus, I'm in there with Henry Bailey and a bunch of UNLV football players, and and he, and, and Dr. Rothenberg goes to the chalkboard up front and, and says, okay, if anybody can answer this equation, you don't <laughs> have to come back to class ever again. You get an A. So everybody's <laughs> up and excited. And he writes down, how does winning at a 60% clip and, and making $600,000 a year equate to winning at an 80% clip to make $300,000 a year? And he was basically comparing Broly Massimino's contract and winning percentage to Tark, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, there's no real good answer to this, so I guess we better stick around for the whole semester."
0: Wait, do you do you have any context for what other big name coaches were getting paid in the '80s and '90s if Tark was only making three <laughs>
3: hundred? Well, there was a lot of other things that came with that because Tark never had to buy a meal in his town in uh, Las Vegas either. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It was just it was widely well known that he was for, for what he was making at the time. It, it was under market, but he was fine with that because of what he was doing and all the, the perks that came with it. And uh, what's been interesting is to follow George Tarkanian on Twitter because he doesn't t- go off into the politics as much as as Danny does. But George has a <laughs> lot more of the history and he throws a lot of stuff out about his dad and his salaries and stuff. And it's pretty interesting to watch that.
1: Uh, you know, one thing Lon did do, and I think you, you you thought was a good thing, and maybe Kevin does it too. I thought Lon really made a point to reach out to the guys in the past. Remember, they had that game every year in golf and whatever. And Lon really, I thought, did a good job, better than most. Of really trying to bring them back. So my guess is, you know, no matter ultimately what you think of Kevin as the hire, that that happens as well. That he kind of follows, well, that he follows in his footsteps of his dad a lot of ways, but more so also that he brings guys back in the past, the ones you're talking about.
3: You got to. I mean, that's that's the thing is that you the Raiders are uh, the Raiders. Well, that's the thing. The Rebels and the Raiders to me are kind of unique in that the you know in the NFL they say there's 31 teams and then there's the Raiders. And in college basketball, as Dave Rice said, you know UNLV transcends conference, Uh, and it does, or at least it should. But in a weird way, I kind of look back, and Dr. Max got what he wanted. UNLV is a a mid-major program that could be good every few years, right? For Kevin, there's still so much healing that needs to happen that, that Lon actually helped create when he got back, and it was under him that they renamed the court Tarkanian court, and all right. those guys have come back for golf. And then somehow, some way along the way, it, it's fallen off. And the, again, perceived, real, or imagined mistreatment of Stacy throughout this whole thing is going to alienate all those old-school guys again. Unless it's one of the real old-school guys that just wants to come back and have a job and uh, we've seen that on Twitter too, <laughs> but but it's just, interesting. You saw that tweet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, I, yeah, It's, it's interesting. Uh, and you know, I think Tyrone Nesby would be real interesting because I, I never covered him, but I just want to know. You know, he was known for wearing those two different colored neon socks on the court. I wonder if he would wear those <laughs> under his suit on the on the bench. But it's it's there has to be that olive branch. There has to be a healing because it's it's so fractured, and it, it's really it seems like the past thirty years. Haven't even happened because when I was on campus, there was the, the pro Maxon, anti Maxon, keep Tark, fire, sh- uh, fire Maxon t-shirts, all yeah. of that stuff. And it seems like there's still this divide in this community that I just do not understand. 10 years. Okay. I can get that. But for now, for the current administration to just continue to act like 1990, 1987, 1977 never happened. It, it's mind boggling.
0: Well, he is Paul Gutierrez, P. Gutierrez ESPN on Twitter. Paul, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, right, Paul. Thanks, and yeah, let me know, awesome let me know when they're
3: going to do the 30th uh, anniversary celebration of the 1990 championship team. I'm still waiting on that, too. They haven't even done that yet, so there you so go.
0: They're going to do year 32, Paul. They're going to celebrate <laughs> year 32.
3: You're bringing, they're bringing you back in the same night. <laughs> and and Marriott will be the master of ceremonies. There you go. Yes, That's, yes. yes. <laughs> uh,
1: did um,
0: you did, Tyler, did you see that last night when Tyron Nesby tweeted? Did he tweet something? Yeah, I okay. Because here, here's he was happened. I've had like five or six people tweet at me about Tyrone Nesby, but I have I did not see a specific tweet from Tyrone I, Nesby himself. I'm pretty sure he did. If he didn't, I'm bummed because Paul and
1: I texted for ten minutes about it and we're having all these opinions. So if it didn't happen, that really makes me mad. Is, um, is it just
0: the one he said working on opportunities to become a college coach?
1: something like that. It definitely it definitely put out there that hey, I wouldn't mind a spot on the bench. But um uh yeah. Paul's great because Paul has a lot of knowledge about it and um Kevin does it. like we talked about the other day when Kevin said fill the Mac fill the Mac. That's a great and it's great and it should
0: be his goal. But there's a lot of work to be done. Just just fill it with all the former players. Like if you can't yeah. get the fans to show up, just just makes just make, make Stacy Augment and everybody else come back. <laughs> make out. it that a giant meet and, and greet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm back. oh, what year did you play? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, how many games did you win? Eh, more than Otzelberger. All right, coming up next, Major League Baseball's coming for cheating pitchers. How are they going to catch Trevor Bauer this year?
3: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff.
0: Uh, We will get into Trevor Bauer getting caught for cheating sometime in the near future. Uh, But more importantly, we have dogs to talk about. Because Uh. during that commercial break, uh, my girlfriend printed something. I'm in the room with our printer. Ruby is in here with me. And when the printer started making noise, she started barking at the printer. (laughs) And for the last three nights, our um, smoke alarm is broken i guess i don't know we've had a lot of issues with it but the last three nights it'll keep chirping at us and she is horrified of that because it's a loud noise and she has no idea where it's coming from so the last three nights when this thing goes off she is curled up as far away somewhere hiding that she can get
1: Yeah, I've had the same problems, and the funny thing, and not the funny thing is, but it's not even, I don't know about you guys, when it's happened with our dogs, it's not even going off, it's, you know, it's it's broken, or it needs new batteries, so it just beeps, like, it's not even going off, and half the time, I'm like, I don't even hear anything, and the dog's going nuts, I'm like, well, what's happening, but they're they're hearing, obviously, so precise, they can hear, and it's, I mean, you, you put it this way, you want to you want them jumping in the pool? Have it. Uh, have your um, have your uh, smoke alarm, um, you know, break on Fourth of July with fireworks, and they're going in, man. I mean, if you if you combine those things, I told you on Fourth of
0: July we 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 put the dog in the car. I know, hope, they, hope
1: everything goes well.
0: Yes, the weirdest coping mechanism I've ever heard. You just leave the dog in the car. <laughs> okay, we put the win- We put the windows down.
2: I told you guys a story in the break, but you totally made me just remember another story. One time. This was my previous my previous family dog. The smoke alarms went off, and the dog took a running start towards a screen door that I, I assumed oh. she <laughs> thought was open. Oh. And she bent oh. that mother bleeper in half oh. with a, like, skull charge, and she was oh. outside. It was just like, okay, I'm safe now. But it was like she oh. took a screen door and bent it. Into like that's a, into, into half. that's like the pigeon.
1: That's like the pigeon against the window. When I'm in my office, I'm like, "Ah, that didn't sound good." <laughs> oh, Jesus. Then Bonnie has to go out and save it because yeah. it's broke the twing and then we have a We have a new pigeon to get, to get healthy again because it keeps slamming into our windows.
2: Oh. Jared,
0: I, I must say, your dog though, pretty smart. Because fire alarm goes off, he's getting the hell out of yeah, the house. Yeah, he's getting the hell out of the house. Yeah, my, so. my dog runs upstairs where she's gonna <laughs> suffocate from the smoke. <laughs>
2: oh, oh. Gee, why is tyler in the hospital well he had to run into a fire because his dog kept going well, running yes. in towards the heat
1: i mean should i send you over some uh some double a's for the for the smoke alarm i think it's no, just no, so, you go up and t- so you do, the,
0: they do the batteries it's here's the problem bolt. with our smoke alarm yeah so it started beeping at us basically saying the battery's dead or something so we replaced right. it But for some reason, this smoke alarm only takes a certain brand and model of 9-volt batteries, which we did not have. So it was telling us we had the wrong batteries. So yesterday, I went and bought the right type of 9-volt batteries, put them in, and about eight hours later, it started beeping at us again. And we have uh, deduced that the smoke alarm itself is what the problem is, and we have to replace the whole smoke alarm, not just the batteries. So this has been uh, three days of trial and error of this damn thing beeping okay. at us every night at 10 o'clock.
1: I don't know your girlfriend. I, I'm absolutely automatically assuming she's more technical with that kind of stuff. Not the basketball technical stuff with the numbers, but this stuff. But if she's not that technical, there's no chance you're not calling someone out there to fix it. The, the smoke alarm? Oh, we just
0: ordered the same one, and you just screw it in. It's not hard. Okay, you, you can do that. Yeah, as long as I don't okay. have to unscrew the base out of the wall and get the wiring through the hole properly. Yeah, as long as I can All just right. snap the new one in, we're good. That—that's
2: okay. his level. IKEA furniture is his level of handiness. Oh, I
0: hate IKEA furniture. Okay, Are you never kidding mind. Me? One what step below IKEA furniture. Oh my God, what a disaster! They send you it with instructions. That's my girlfriend loves putting stuff together from IKEA, and I refuse. I can't. Uh, you know it. what the thing about IKEA is, and you know, we all like IKEA. I know they,
1: you know, you never, you got to say what, you got to preface everything around here. But um, the IKEA stuff that I've noticed is, and I don't like putting it together either. I'll do it with my wife. Boy, you better be precise on that stuff. Because if you, you start screwing in wrong, it's over. You got to do the whole thing over again. Exactly. I
0: don't like, I don't like to do things over again. It's, uh, I, 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 Ikea. I, Jared, does <laughs> IKEA sponsor us?
2: <laughs> I mean, they could. <laughs> We can write a letter. Jared. We got we, we got Jared. an IKEA here in town.
1: Jared, please send the last clip to IKEA for the front page. And let's see if, I, if IKEA will sponsor it. <laughs> I am uh, the
0: sweetest the beat meatball handy. menu. Yes. <laughs> I am the opposite of handy, but I I think I can handle a smoke alarm clipping right. into the wall, into the ceiling. Okay. I think I can. I will. I will update <laughs> you guys after we get. Yes, I want to know over. if it happens.
2: The best part is you have to test them. You have to basically set them off on purpose.
0: Yes. The dogs that's, that's, are gonna go yes. ballistic. She's she's gonna I'm gonna have to put her in the car, apparently. I guess
1: that works. Yes, yes. Put the windows down, put her in the car in the garage, and cross your fingers. That's what we do on Fourth of July. It's
3: and as that like, does many years.
1: Just leave her there. <laughs>